Hey guys, welcome to the special Satisfied series with the Real Life Podcast. I'm so thrilled you are here. For this special eight-week series, I've gotten to interview my dearest friends who I look up to, I've learned so much from, and I do life with, and we talk about all the things, all the real-life things of how to become satisfied women in different roles and areas that we live in every day. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this next episode. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode, the Satisfied series. My One of my all-time best friends, Emily McCormick, she is coming on today, um, and we're going to talk about personalities and callings and passions. It is going to be so good, um, but I want you guys to know why I invited her on. One, she's one of my best friends, but two, this woman is anointed by Jesus. She loves the Lord with all of her heart. She um, enters her seasons, whatever season they are, fully embracing them, stepping into God, what God has for her, and, um, and that she is so passionate, so like a truth speaker, and such a great communicator. And we've talked a lot about these topics we're going to be talking about on Vox, and so I just thought, hey, let's just take these conversations and let you guys listen in on what we talk about a lot and things that we've wrestled through and worked through ourselves. So Emily, thank you so much for being on today. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> Such an honor. It's so fun. Okay, hey, um, it's fun to see your face because we don't usually see each other's face when we talk. I know. I would, <laughs> I would love it if you could just intro. You've been on our podcast before, but for listeners, just a refresh. Can you just intro yourself, like where you guys live, what you do, your family, um, what your season looks like right now? Yeah, thank you. So we live in Seattle, Washington. We started a church here eight years ago. So we, it is like the greatest honor and joy of our life that we get to shepherd people in all different seasons, get to know so many different people from so many walks of life. So that is what we do. Um, I have five kids ages 11 to two. So that's pretty much what my days look like right now. Uh, I started homeschooling, gosh, this is year three, um, which has been a wild ride, but such a God thing and such a gift, especially through all of the the craziness of 2020 mm-hmm. that we were kind of prepared for that. And it's been so good just with the schedules that my husband has and that we have. It's been amazing. Just flexibility with the kids, man. You said, what season am I in? it's been, it's changing, which is the cool thing about seasons, right? Is that Mm -hmm. if you asked me that maybe six months ago, it would have been very, very different. I always pray for kind of a word for the year from the Lord or a word or two or a phrase. So last year and, and even the previous had been more of a pullback season and like a hidden season and hidden can sound like a really not a great word. But when I get the picture, I like picture God arms like hiding me and it was just like he was pulling me back to do some pretty deep work for intern inside of me and also within our family unit just the things that we were walking through I know that he was like you need to be at home and you need to know who you are in me before any of these things come at you and so I was in a really hidden season or anonymous season what I would have called it and now this year, 2021, one of the words that he gave me was yes. And I was really nervous of that, of what is that going to mean? Because 
I still have five kids. I still homeschool. <laughs> I am still looking for more help in our home just to have outside people coming in. Lots of things feel like I've never had less time, but God has just been so clear that this is my yes season. So now I'm kind of stepping into acting on some of the dreams that have been in my heart and the passions that have been in my heart. And, um, and so it looks like different things, but that's, that's mm-hmm. the season I'm in. So still in the other things a full home, full mom, full homeschool, but also getting to really pursue the things that have been on my heart. Mm-hmm. Which is really exciting to watch from the sidelines. Um, okay. So in the book, I have three different sections, how God satisfies our hearts. And then the second one is how we find satisfaction in who we are, how God has created us. And then the other one is in the season we're in. So I kind of, for this podcast, I really want to just focus in on who God has created us to be. I know um, if anyone is like me, if you're like me, um, that has been a journey. And I think I'll probably always be uncovering, discovering things about who I am, who God's made me to be. And I think it changes with seasons too. Um, And I also, for myself, there's also been a lot of things I've had to work through. Insecurities, who I am, comparison, um, like living in my personality, like uh, receiving my strengths and working through that, strengthening them even more. And also being okay with my limitations and weaknesses, and which is really hard for me. Um, So let's start with talking about our personalities, because I think that's a hot topic sometimes among in our culture and Christian culture. um, And sometimes it can go too far right and too far left. Um, So I would love for you to just talk about what you think about personalities and how God wires us and how to see that in the right view, um, how we grow, how we accept things, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a really, really good question. And, and a hard question because I don't think a lot of people within these types of conversations use that word to ask. You hear a lot about right. asking about spiritual gifts or strengths, but personality itself, which I think is really important because God has given us different personalities. We are mm-hmm. different persons, people that are wired very differently. So I think it's a Great question. I'm so glad you talk about this and write about this because it's a really important thing. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll speak from experience first and then maybe go backwards from there. Yeah. I'm realizing in the last even few months that there have been parts of me that I can only attribute to my personality and how God has made me that I have tried to withhold or hide because of fear of being too much or Mm -hmm. overbearing or too loud or seeking attention or, um, the, the star of the show. And I don't mean the show, but just the center of attention. And so because of my personality being really extroverted and really, um, I love laughter and I love gathering people Mm -hmm. and getting everyone excited about something, even if it is a stupid coffee drink and then we're all talking (laughs) about it and then it just gets exciting. And, or if it's a game night or, um, a dance party with the kids as we, we did at Christmas time, whatever it is, I love doing those things, but I think I've spent a lot of time maybe attaching humility to being mild and meek mm-hmm. and, and um, misassigning those words mm-hmm. and thinking that 
a humble, meek person looked a certain way and I didn't fit that bill. Mm -hmm. And so then I withheld my own strengths and gifts in my personality to not, um, maybe out of fear of making other people feel insecure, which if you'll notice, as I'm saying all these things, it's still all about me, which Mm -hmm. is pride thinking so much about myself thinking, are they thinking I'm too much? Do they feel insecure because I'm really excited? Am I making that? I mean, it's, it's so much, it's just this warped mindset of thinking too much about myself and worrying too much about what other people think of my personality. Um, Mm. and then looking at it, kind of stepping back and thinking, okay, I haven't created myself this way. I didn't just wake up at age three (laughs) and be really bubbly and (laughs) excited about things. Right. Yeah. Just the same way that I look at my kids and I see my daughter, who's very much how I was, she's just been that way. And as a parent, how God is our parent. I think at her of her and think, Oh daughter, do not minimize this. Like mm-hmm. you are such a gift to the circles that you go to, to the people you are with. And she draws people out who are more reserved and she brings people together and is a gatherer. And that's such a gift. The mm-hmm. same way that I see other people who like my, one of my kids who his personality is more reserved and he makes, he brings peace wherever he goes. That mm-hmm. is his personality. He puts people at ease. You can just sit with them and be silent. And you're like, this is awesome. This is, mm-hmm. this is good. Whereas if I was that person, it'd be awkward. You're like, why are we? Not- <laughs> <laughs> so I see the beauty of personality. I think God's using my kids to really see these differences are so fantastic and so needed. Um, so don't shy away from who you're created to be mm-hmm. and not everyone will like you and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Really having to find peace with that um, is a wrestle in and of itself. <laughs> yes. So good. And I think it's so cool that the Lord gives us children for us to see their personalities and to see the gift that they are. Because I think as we grow older, sometimes we, just like you said, we can see them, see our personalities as hindrances, or I wish I was more like her. And it's interesting as you're talking, because I'm the opposite. I was, I'm more the reserved, quieter, introverted person who is gravitated towards more the boisterous friends, probably why you're one of my best friends. And I have Jeff. And so your guys' presence, your like fullness and your joy and your passion is such a gift. Like I love being in the presence of you guys. And when we do withhold from who the Lord has made us to be, I do think other people miss out. Like we're missing out on what you bring to the kingdom and to earth and to the body. Um, so let's, you talked about that a little bit about people pleasing. Um, let, Cause that is something that, I the Lord, I feel like is trying to strip me of this year. How do you wrestle with that or battle it or put it to death um, in your personality? Like when people don't like you, don't accept who you are, when you have struggled with or been hurt by rejection, um, how do you work through that and not, and still like, um, not change who you are, you know, but also sometimes we need to grow and repent of sins and areas and, you know. Yeah. I think, um, what's that verse that talks about like the multitude of counsel 
but counsel doesn't just mean like open up your criticism and voices to whoever and, and anyone and everyone. I think there's a lot of wisdom that comes from who. Mm-hmm. So that's been one thing that um, I have safe people like you who I can say, hey, did that seem off or did mm-hmm. um can you, can you pray for me on this? Or I'm going into this circle. Can you pray for boldness that I won't be shy, that I'll not be unashamed, that I'll, I'll see people for how God sees them. So being really, really prayerful. I mean, the Holy spirit mm-hmm. has been my anchor. He's the convictor. He's the comforter. When you get that criticism mm-hmm. that you need to reject, he's yeah. the convictor. When you get the criticism you need to receive and like correct your actions, mm-hmm. um, He's the discerner. So when you hear a voice and you know, like, oh, I need to put the shield of faith up and be like, nope, that's not penetrating. So I feel like the Holy Spirit is the X factor with mm-hmm. fear of man, because we all know those people who are kind of like, I don't care what anyone says. I am me and this is me and doesn't matter. And there's part right. of that. I'm like, ah, I long for that. I want to be like that. I want to be like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But then there's also where you can see some of the edges where you're like, no, you, there should be some soft edges to say, Hmm, I've heard this a few times. I should check that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I've also, both my husband and I have, have thought of, we need to recognize patterns. So for better and for worse, if people have said to me, man, you're such a voice of encouragement. Then I hear it again. I want to receive that and say, thank you, God, that you've made me an encourager. Mm-hmm. I want to let that build me up and act on that. Or if you hear, Hey, I, I sense a spirit of judgment from somebody. And then you hear that again in maybe different words, but say, Ooh, I'm taking note of that. And maybe there's some judgment in me that there's a root of bitterness or resentment that I need to deal mm-hmm. with that's leading me to judge. Yeah. And so I think the Holy spirit is a piece and then sound counsel is, is the other piece of the people who, who have your ear. Um, and then just how do you deal with, I was actually just talking to someone this morning about fears in general, but for me, fear of man and, and fear of people pleasing, if you will, has been something I would say has really paralyzed me or plagued me like pretty consistently mm-hmm. as I look back, even on my life. Um, and you and I were even talking about this, but I think the, the, the freedom comes when you're confronted with it. So what I mean by that is the freedom from fear of man or people pleasing comes when people don't like you. And mm-hmm. in that fear, you realize, wow, God, you're enough. Yeah. Wow, God, they don't approve of this. And I sense that you are with me and you speak identity over me. And I am not paralyzed and plagued by this. The fear of it was actually worse than the realization of it. And you're Mm -hmm. making me stronger through that fire. And it hurts so bad. And Mm -hmm. it's never something I would wish to go through, but the freedom on the other end of it is something that I would wish and want and long for, for myself and for others is recognizing when people, when you know that, you know, you've let somebody down and all, all unintentionally, hopefully, mm-hmm. or you said something that came out wrong or didn't follow through where you meant to, and you really did drop the ball. That kind of thing. I mean, makes me like physically ill mm-hmm. of like, oh, they don't think I care. And it's, it's all rooted out of that. Like, I want them to know I love them. Uh, I, they have to know how valuable they are. Like just this scrambling feeling. Um, 
And when you really get to that point of, well, God, first of all, you're the savior, not me. I will let people down. I cannot, I cannot please everybody. Um, and God, who do you say I am in that? Am I enough for you? Do you see my, my intentions? Do I trust that you're making me more like you, even in that Mm. process of the fire of getting rejection, rejected or being told you drop the ball. Um, it's painful, but so freeing. Mm -hmm. Sorry. That's so good. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) holding back the tears. No, it's so good. And I love what you said that um, because I think a lot of times the fear of it is so much worse than when it does happen. Not to say that when it does happen, it doesn't hurt um, so painfully as we've both experienced. But knowing that when it does come, the Lord is still with us and that his love for us does not change no matter what. And we, I think fear, it stops us because we don't equate God into the equation of the future of what that could be. And knowing that when we get there, he's still there with us. And I love that you said that's like an opportunity to heal and to grow and to work through that fear. It's like he's allowing us to be stripped of the fear of man, to bring freedom and to bring true life. Um, I think that is such a hopeful word as I'm sure most people struggle with fear of man. Um, others more than others. I know I struggle a lot more than Jeff, but we still struggle. Um, okay. So personalities, let's talk about, cause it's all kind of compiled in who we are. Let's talk about our calling. And I want to talk about it because it is such a big topic, but also especially in regards to motherhood and the season of motherhood. Sometimes you know, there can be different messages out there of like, go and follow your dreams and hustle and girl boss and all these things. And then also like the wrestle of like staying home and being a mom at home and having your heart be for your home and the presence there. And also just like the the knowing of what God calls us to, like what is the purpose of our lives? What is the purpose that he's given us? So um, I would love for you to share just what, you would say on that topic and then also like what you really feel like the Lord's calling is over your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, this, this like lights a fire under me because I think of whoever's listening. And if you, I mean, it could make me burst into tears because if you are maybe in a season of what am I doing? Maybe you're a young mom. Maybe you have all these dreams Maybe you are working full-time and you desire to be a young uh, or a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're longing for kids. I mean, we're all, there's people all over the board, but Mm -hmm. this whole idea of purpose and calling, here's what I believe from the scriptures and wherever you're coming from, of what your knowledge is of the scripture, we are all created worshipers. We are all Mm -hmm. worshiping something. Our natural is to pour affection and love and to something somewhere. We don't have the capacity to do that to everything. Mm -hmm. We need to have a knowledge of where we're supposed to be pouring that love and affection to Jesus first. I know for me, when it goes to my husband or my children or my dreams first, that becomes an idol, something that I am pouring my affection and I'm looking for those things to fulfill me, Mm -hmm. which they never will. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoiler, never, <laughs> ever, ever will fulfill me. And I've been right. in those places looking to those things to fulfill me. And I'm left so empty, even though I have the most wonderful family and husband and friends and community. So we're born worshipers with a purpose. We have a purpose to reflect God's image to the world. Mm -hmm. So people like myself, you, whoever, we have a purpose regardless of if we believe that or not. If there is breath in our lungs, our purpose is to reflect the image we are made in, which is God, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, creator of the Mm -hmm. world to others. So in my different seasons or in our seasons, okay, who is that primary resource right now who I am reflecting to? Mm -hmm. For me, when I first got in college or young years, like really feeling like finding my own identity and purpose and calling, that was through leading worship, through leading small groups, through discipling young women. Then it was Mm -hmm. college ministry. I love doing college ministry and reflecting God through young to young people. Then it was youth group. We were youth pastors for a season. So that was what, and then I had kids. And for me, that shifted everything for me because I realized no one else has that calling to Mm. raise my children. I can have people who love on them and who will pour into them. And I pray for that for each of them specifically, but there is no other human being on the planet that has that specific unique calling to disciple, to raise up, to pour into, to pray for, to empty myself dry for my <laughs> children. Yeah. Me. And I made the decision that I didn't want someone else fulfilling that role. And I wanted to be able to do it fully. And it looked different in different seasons. Um, until my fifth kid, I was also doing other things that really were an act of worship for me that I loved like singing and like teaching and women's ministry and things like that. But then in the last three years, I was really pulled back to only be at home and talk about identity. I mean, I had a full on identity crisis, every insecurity that I didn't even know was there came flying at me. Like I never expected, but again, in those, in that, time and season of getting to really use my calling to pour into them. They got the best of me, not the leftovers. Mm -hmm. And that was something. And I still long for that. And I, I feel like I wrestle with that. It's just been, we've all, everybody's been in a hard year where I think we're all going through different types of grief Mm -hmm. or trauma or change or like, what are, what is happening? Just reeling. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I wrestle with, are they getting the best of me or the worst of me? For sure. But I do know that I don't want, um, I don't want, this is going to sound weird, but I don't want my neighbors getting the best of me. I don't want my um, church getting the best of me. I don't want, uh, and, and I'll explain that maybe, but I want my kids, I want them to get the most joyful, committed, passionate version of mom Mm -hmm. to where they won't hear someone else talking like your mom is the best she encourages she's faithful she's joyful she brings love she brings us meals and they're thinking why didn't we see that mom Mm -hmm. and it's because I had nothing left to give I'd rather it makes me want to cry I'd rather the opposite Mm -hmm. where they get 
say to people like, oh, now mommy's serving at the church. Now mommy's teaching. You guys, my mom's the best. She Mm. teaches us every morning and we get where we worship together and we pray together. And when I fall, she's there to love on me and bring me snacks and band-aids. And now you get that you are going to get ready. It's the best, Mm. you know, like, so that's my calling right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and for my husband, I want to be so ever present with my husband and he's carrying so much right now, um, has Mm. gone through so much. And I want to be able, and I'm, I know myself, I'm not speaking for other people. I know my own capacity Mm -hmm. and I just have not been able to do a lot of other things beyond Mm. that right now. Mm -hmm. So good. And, And I think, um, I think the beauty of what you're sharing is that I feel like it's not talked about that often. Like the the beauty and the joy of being a mom and like this glory in our home that we get to be a part of. And I almost feel like there needs to be like a recalling of like our hearts at home and for our kids and the joy that it is. It is hard. There are such hard days. And for me, it's like the hardest thing I've ever done but just, I think you've given us a picture of the glory that God offers us when we step into that. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, accepting the limitations and the weaknesses that we do have. Mm, yeah, that's really good. Um, <laughs> well, like I said, I'm in a yes year, but I've been in a no year, years mm-hmm. actually. Um, and then pair that with, realizing you're letting people down Mm -hmm. because most likely you're saying no to things that have a need. Um, and I didn't say no to everything. There were absolutely people that I was walking with or people that were in our home that were hurting, or we love to do pre-marriage counseling. So times that we would say Mm -hmm. yes. Um, but my limitations were knowing, okay, when do I need to be present and at home? What can I say yes to? And realizing boundaries are a gift. They are Mm -hmm. a gift. And, and we almost always now start like a newer relationships with people that we're meeting, um, saying first and foremost, hopefully always unintentionally, but we will let you down Mm -hmm. and not in like a, we're trying to get an out, like we're going to fail you and totally not call you back or, you know, (laughs) not show up for you, but giving that like almost preemptively saying like, if we're supposed to meet and our kid is sick, that's priority. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to have a kind of heart to heart on a f- Thursday night, that's our family Sabbath. If, um, you know, whatever that might be, or if we're on a family vacation, we're enjoying each other. Emails is, are going to be off. So mm-hmm. preemptively giving people that expectation of we will, that may feel like a letdown to you, but we have limitations we yeah. are not all things to all people in that context, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is really hard. And in our context with, with you know, pastoring a church, um, everybody comes from different backgrounds and has different expectations of what that role should be. And I mean, we take it with great responsibility and honor and take it very seriously to show up for people. Um, But the advice that was given to us from other pastors was do not do that at the expense of your family, because at the end of the day, like we stand on account for our family first, right? Mm -hmm. Before the church. Um, And the other way that we have found with our limitations and our 
uh, and boundaries is finding other people that can carry the load is so huge because so for us, for example, Brian and I often will say we're kind of the 911 people. So Mm -hmm. we get the phone call where it's like, I just found out my spouse had an affair. We're like just the panic, the 911, the ambulance, call the ambulance and they know come to our house. You can be at our table. We will sit, we will cry with you. And then we also know that because of the amount of things like that or a death or, you know, whatever trauma, things like that, we wouldn't be able to personally walk with each of those people. So we get to then it sounds passing off doesn't sound like a a good word, but like, then we get Mm -hmm. to find people who say, I have the margin for that. I'll walk with those people through that trauma or counseling, or I have the ability to bring a meal to someone who lost Mm -hmm. a, a loved one. Whereas we just wouldn't be able, we would end up dropping the ball and not, but isn't that beautiful with the body of Christ? Like that we're supposed to be able to lean on each other Mm -hmm. in our limitations and in the things that we're not, you know, able to, to fulfill. Yeah. It's so good. And I think, um, one thing I'm realizing too, is that, um, actually you said this, you and our other friends said this, that our limitations are an invitation, And I think a lot of times I fear my limitations so greatly. And I think a lot of, I think what you hit on, a lot of women struggle with that we can't be all things to all people. We can't do everything or be all the things or look like everyone we follow on Instagram or have all the gifts that we hope we would have or like say yes to everything. Um, It is a wrestle, but to know that the limitations are, aren't something to be frustrated with. They're an invitation to rely on the Lord and to let him be Lord. (laughs) Um, It's an invitation to um, really let him satisfy our hearts in ways that we struggle and that, that we get to show that he is savior, that he is rescuer, whether it's in our motherhood. Like I struggle so much with weaknesses in my motherhood and it's that, Oh, my kids, when they see this weakness in me, they get to see, that mom needs Jesus, and it's not like I have it all together. Um, and and so, yeah, I think what you're saying is just so good. And I know another friend, we were talking once about the Proverbs 31 woman, and she was really frustrated. She's like, my life doesn't look like that. Like, I can't, I'm not the P31 woman. and um, But I feel like I have to be. And another friend was saying like, yeah, but she did all that in different seasons. It didn't all happen at once. It's like the dreams that, and so let's move into that about passions mixed with callings. The dreams that we have, just because we may be in a season where we're not fulfilling that doesn't mean it's not going to happen necessarily. It's like the Lord gives us certain seasons for certain things. And I, I'm realizing as I get older, I'm only, you know, 33 and I know I'll get to see this when I'm much older, but like the Lord only gives us certain things for different seasons because he is preparing us. He has to do work in us before he gives us a gift of something. He has to cultivate us to be prepared to receive what he has. And so I think that's so important um, because a lot of times in our seasons, if we aren't living out our callings or, you know, we always are living out our callings because like you said, our callings is to worship the Lord. It's to, we're kingdom people to bring his kingdom to earth. It just looks different in different seasons, but maybe we're not, getting to say yes to our full passions in different ways, um, 
that the Lord, it's not in vain. It doesn't mean he's forgotten about us or it's just that he's doing a really good work in us to prepare us for something more. Um, Okay, so talk about passions and that could look like so many different ways things passions that you you want and i i love this question this can be so open-ended because you're one of the most passionate people i know and you guys you guys don't have the you for those that don't know emily super well she is so passionate about jesus and her family and her city and her husband but she is also passionate about everything like all the good things like cake and a certain coffee drink and this lip gloss like she will and you will come away from a conversation needing to buy that thing like and it's true everything she says is amazing that changed her life it really is a life-changing experience <laughs> so i'm just laughing that i'm asking you this question but um so let's talk a little bit about passions we have and maybe the the tension of when we don't get to necessarily fulfill the passion yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say this actually right before when we were talking about um, just kind of being in that anonymous season. I think the not yet is also on purpose. That Mm -hmm. is the thing that I have learned. And I remember when I was in that pull back and feeling like, oh, where, where, will I ever fulfill these dreams? Will I ever get to act on these passions? Is it over? Is like the best days over for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and oh, the lighting is. And it's that Washington, that spring glow. <laughs> the nighttime sun. <laughs> Which can I interrupt you real quick? Cause sorry, I don't want to lose your train of thought, but I think you just saying that is gives people the freedom. Cause I think a lot of us feel that sometimes. And as a mom, it can feel so guilty of like, oh, are my best days over? Like, is this what it's like? This mundane, everyday giving of myself. That is a wrestle. And so anyway, I want you to go on, but I just think you even saying that, it's like, oh, she feels that too is encouraging. Absolutely. And 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 I would encourage everybody who's feeling that to not run past that, to really wrestle with, okay. Well, for me, I had to say, I have, I trust that God sees the desires of my heart and these mm-hmm. dreams do not feel like my own selfish dreams. These are like things that I, that give me, like, I feel like purpose and, and, um, mission and calling, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to fulfill these things that have been on my heart for forever. And so the fear of losing those things, that's real. I mean, that's, that's a, and, and, I would just encourage you to go there of like, okay, God, what is this fear? Do I trust you? Do I trust your timing? Do I trust that your timing and fulfillment will be better than my own timing and fulfillment? Do I trust that you see me? Do you like really, really see me in the mundane and in these things that I'm doing? Do I trust that saying yes to whatever you're asking me to do is the better yes, that Mm -hmm. it is that is the right, like that act of obedience is the better. Yes. For whatever that might be for me, it was the context of being home and, and really intentionally mothering my kids. And I don't mean people who work are not. So make that very clear. That is not, it's an act of obedience for each of us. We have different Mm -hmm. capacities, different dreams and callings. Um, Some people, it might be the opposite. They feel like they're supposed to do something outside of the Mm -hmm. home. And that is their act of obedience and faith. Um, But that, that is on purpose. So those years, I cannot express enough how when at when I said 
kind of my season of like being pulled back, I felt very clearly that God was like, this is on purpose. And look at the life of Jesus. He had three years of active ministry outside of the years that we, or excuse me, he had three years of active ministry. What were all those years before, right? Mm-hmm. He had so many years. What was he doing? Because he was kind of anonymous. We don't get to hear about that, mm-hmm. but it was so on purpose preparing him. And then of course the, the years or the days in the wilderness um, leading up to his ministry. And then you look at Joseph. I mean, you look, when I started looking back at the life of people that I always think of as are like faith heroes, there was so many years, but they were not wasted. They were not sitting back. Okay, God, I'm going to obey, but I'm sure ready to fulfill those dreams. And so for me, the context, I was thinking, okay, God, I want to write. I want to speak and teach. I want to get to do more music. I love stories and interviewing things like that. So I want to write things down. So I remember what I want to ask people about what you're doing in my heart. That was my act of obedience of being faithful and not just in my own kind of almost disappointment, just wasting those years. Cause yeah. I think that you can say yes. And then still be like, I'm kind of mad. So I'm just sitting back and being lazy and not doing anything with this time until mm-hmm. my time comes. It's like, no, 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 no. I think that reveals the most when we don't have mm-hmm. our thing like dreams actualized. What do you do in those seasons? And I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Like if I didn't just go through the last three years, I don't, Oh, I am a different person. I, I know mm-hmm. Jesus differently. I have so much more empathy and understanding for people in that season that are like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? God, like, have you forgotten? Do you see me? Do you even, you know, the, the fears that come up, I, and I wouldn't change it for anything, but they were very much on purpose and I did not do it perfectly. I mean, I at all, but I felt so clearly it was preparation for whatever was next. It doesn't mean bigger and better. It just means what's next. Mm-hmm. And so for whoever is in mm-hmm. that time of that pullback of whatever it looks like, it is not wasted. Perhaps it is the most crucial time for you mm-hmm. to have that work and identity work with Jesus between you and Jesus. And there will be God mm-hmm. assignments along the way. I mean, I look back and there was some of the most profound relational stories of me getting to relate to people that were in that same place. It wasn't grandiose. It wasn't flashy. It wasn't um, in front of other people, but some of the most profound relational times because of that um, relationship building, um, like I said, empathy. And so that, that time is so not wasted. Um, It's so purposeful. It's so purposeful. Mm-hmm. So I talked nothing about passion, but no, it's so good. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask one more question because I know. We, well, I'm gonna ask two more questions. That last one will be fun. Um, so just talk a little bit. Just I want you to touch on this. So then, how would you encourage somebody who is maybe in a pullback season, but they go online and they see everyone else is not in a pull on? pullback season or all their friends in their community, um, the people they do life with are living out their passions, are getting to do things and they're pulled back. How would you encourage someone that's listening today in that season? Yes. Um, first of all, I, I relate 100%. Um, 
there can easily be an immediate shame of, oh, you're dealing with that insecurity. You're so immature in your faith or no one else struggles with that. You get over that. Or you're still dealing with that. You're still insecure in that. Get over it. Um, so in the name of Jesus, shame be gone because mm-hmm. we can relate to that struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, secondly, the mind is a battlefield mm-hmm. and it starts there. Yeah. Well, and the eye is the window to the soul, right? So mm, you, see it, you see it on social media, you see a picture, you see what people are doing and it starts like this. I see what they're doing. Oh, they have kids. How are they doing that? I, oh, I should be doing more. Something must be wrong. I'm not being faithful. I have missed it. I'm missing my opportunity. How are they doing it? They must be more strong with the Lord. They have spirit filled. I mean, it's just panic. It's that mm-hmm. you can sense it. It's like, ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. and so it starts with the eye self-control with your eyes. So if it is too much, you need to be aware of that and you need to stop. There are people I've had to unfollow, not because they're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. but because my own insecurity has led to things that are not healthy. Right. So checking yourself, do not also let it lead to judgment of other people of mm. wanting to make assumptions about them. Like, well, and I'm speaking only from experience. Well, they are doing all that, but I'm sure they're a bad mom. It's like, that's mm-hmm. not going to help anybody. Right. So self-control with what you see, knowing when you need to turn that off and not look at things, but then the battlefield of the mind. I mean, and I have been in a active battle waging war against those thoughts of God, you see me. Okay, God, I've not wasted my life. I have been faithful to what you have asked me to do. You didn't ask me to lead that thriving worship band, what they're doing. And then God, help me. And then I immediately pray for them. God, Mm -hmm. thank you that they're acting out what they're supposed to be doing. God, bless their ministry. Let it point people to you. God, forgive me for being judgmental. Forgive me Mm -hmm. for, because man, when you pray for someone, it's pretty amazing the walls that are broken down. It's pretty amazing when we ask God to see people clearly and then see ourselves clearly. Mm -hmm. God, would you encourage me and help me see where have I been faithful to answer the call you have put on my life? Because it is Mm -hmm. not going to be the same as them. Thank you that we're different and we're doing different things. So for me, it's been a battle in my mind, first and foremost, so intense though, and intentional because if you give way to one thought quickly, you're in despair. Mm -hmm. And I am speaking again from experience and I have learned by transforming my mind, by thinking on the things that the scriptures have said, by identities that God has spoken into my life, and then voicing those things out loud. I mean, I'm like battle. I feel like I'm boxing with the enemy yes. with the, my, like my, my arms are fitted with the gospel, like, mm-hmm. like pounding out and like fixing my eyes and my mind on Christ and what he says, mm-hmm. what he has called me to alone and having the, I am a, trying to win the approval of one. And again, spoiler, he's, I have his approval. Mm-hmm. I have his love and affection. I don't have to win it. And so for those of you struggling with the online and with the comparison, you've got to be outfitted with the word of God and who your identity is in him and, and use the self-control from the Holy spirit to stop it before it takes you to despair and shame Mm -hmm. um, because it's harder to get back out. But if you recognize it immediately, fix your mind on Christ. He brings peace. You keep him in perfect peace. whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. So fixing your mind on Christ is Mm -hmm. game changer. 
So good. Um, okay. Um, I wish we had longer. Okay. Last question. Yes. Tell us, you can choose one to three. I'll let you choose. Of the thing that you are most passionate about that you would be like, you need this in your life. Could be It could be one to three things. So like if it's like, and it could be physical, like we could go on Amazon and buy it or not physical. What are one to three things that you're like, you need this? You need, <laughs> see, um, you guys, I wish you could see her. I hope you can see her face right now because she just lit up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Okay, you need the Nike Air Force One Sage Low tennis shoes. Okay. They go with everything and they can be dressed up. I wore them with a skirt and a cute top, but then they can be with your yoga pants and they have a little bit of a platform. So they're like, give you some height so you don't feel frumpy, but they're like so casual and cute, very unassuming, but awesome. Okay. So okay, those that's are a good one. Noted. The Maybelline uh, lipstick stain, the 24 hour one side is like a, um, the color and the other side goes on top. That's clear. That makes it, I, I, you can't see, but anyways, that makes <laughs> it not like matty and sticky and it stays on with masks. You guys, you have to have a lipstick <laughs> that doesn't get on masks. And I'm right. you know, like, it does not move. It is so good and so easy to keep on and they have a million colors. So you need that. Do you have a favorite color? Ooh, I've got so I've got no, I don't. Okay. Okay. So any color. Yes, but you can uh, message me or something and I'll tell you all my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so that is one. And then the last one, this is so hard. I have so many things. I know. Would be probably oh, what is one of my favorite things? The water bottle that fills up all the way to 64 or 65 ounces that you then can like gauge. It's kind of cheesy on the side. It's like, keep going. You've got it. You're awesome. <laughs> like whatever. I put stickers on it for just to cover it, yeah. but it actually is really helpful because I'm kind of competitive. And so I'm like, I gotta keep drinking. I gotta keep drinking. And if I beat it, I'm like, yeah. And then I double it and I feel awesome. <laughs> So get the water bottle off of Amazon. I think it's like $10. Oh, that's good. That's a good deal. But now okay. my mind is I have so many more things. So, Okay. <laughs> I love you so much. Okay. So guys, Emily has a podcast coming out. So she will tell you, spoiler alert, I'm sure it'll be out by the time this is launched, um, all the things. So you can hop onto her podcast, hear the gospel, and then hear a favorite thing that she's passionate about. Um, Emily, for those that want to follow you, where can they find you um, to just get all your latest? Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, so Instagram is at Emily McCormack. Um, please say hello. I love honestly connecting with people and story and relating to people, especially in those hard times and also celebrating the wins. I love being people's cheerleaders. So please say hi. And yes, look for my podcast. Do you have a name yet? Are you decided? <sighs> No, that, don't have a name. I'm, I'm like 99.9. I should just say it here and then it's just official. <laughs> <laughs> we can wait. I'm sure it'll be launched before this podcast. So I'll write it on the little description so you guys can go find it. It's going to be so good. Okay. Thanks so much for being on today, Emily. It was such a treat. Oh, thank you. I loved it too. You're the best. I love you. I love you too.
Hey guys, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. This episode was so good. Each one of these series is just gold. I love what everyone brings to the table, what they share. I was so encouraged by them and I hope you are too. Satisfied the book comes out June 15th. I cannot wait. It's going to be a huge party. If you have not ordered your copy today, make sure you pre-order it anywhere books are sold and go to satisfiedbook.com to get your pre-order goodies. Tag me, take pictures. I cannot wait to see them. It's been so fun to be along this journey with you guys. Thank you for being here.